You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou art. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Gracious Lord, we thank you that you are profligate in the distribution of your word, that you spread it and cast it everywhere. And we pray, O Lord, as we receive it this day, that you would bring us to that right understanding of it that will prevent the evil one from snatching it away from us, and that it will in the fullness of time bear the fruit that you wish us to bear. Lead us in that understanding now as we reflect together upon that word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is indeed one of Jesus' most uh, probably, I'll say popular, or at least best well-known parables, in large part because Jesus gives the explanation, which makes it really easy for us to start teaching it to little kids quite young. Now the word parable is a word that means to lay down alongside of. One thing alongside another, like a parabola, if you know what that is in geometry, where it's like a square, but it's been tilted to one side. Everything is parallel to each other. So what it means is you're going to hear one thing and think another. Jesus teaches this way because it forces us to reflect deeply. Now, at the beginning of today's reading from the Gospel, we're told that Jesus sat down. Now, my, uh, if you know the ancient world, what that means is that he's ready to teach. In the ancient world, unlike today, today students sit and teachers stand up front and lecture. In the ancient world, the student walked around or stood while the teacher had the privilege of seating, being seated while they spoke. And then, after telling us that Jesus sat, which is an indication he's about to teach, then it tells us that seeing the great crowd, he got in a boat and sat. So it tells us twice that he sat down. This means paying really close attention to this teaching. He casts out on the water. Why? Well, because he didn't have one of these. Okay. <laughs> If you've ever been fishing or out on a boat, you know how easily sound travels over water. He sees a great crowd. He gets out over the water so everyone can hear what he's about to say. Another indication that we should pay close attention to this teaching. And he begins to tell this story. God is casting his word everywhere. But we don't see the kingdom growing everywhere. And here is why. It's the different types of soil that the seed falls upon. Now we're clear, and it's easy for us to understand this parable, so it's because we understand it, we tend to put it up on a shelf and maybe not do with it what we should, which is we're meant to use this parable for self-examination. The scriptures are exhorting us to pay a special attention to this teaching because we're meant to use it in our own spiritual life. The late Peter Berger 
predicted that Buddhism would be the religion of the 21st century because it was experiential, whereas Christianity was, and he was a Lutheran, he said, whereas Christianity was just based on ideas. But Christianity is not based on ideas. Christianity is, we are called by Jesus to take those ideas and apply them into our life. Believe me, this will bring experiences to you. <laughs> And you'll have plenty to reflect upon, just reflecting upon the state of your own heart. The call to introspection is common to all the great religious traditions. We are called to not be introverted, where we're not paying attention to what's going on around us. So, the first one's the easiest to understand, right? The seed falls along the path, and the evil one comes and snatches it up. Now... We're very sophisticated modern people. We don't like to think of the evil one. In fact, we translate the Lord's Prayer as, right, deliver us from evil, because evil is generic. But you could as easily translate that word as the evil one. Sometimes you'll hear me say that in, when I'm saying the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from the evil one. A colleague of mine, one of our, our, our director of um, church renewal in the North American Lutheran Church, is actually one of the top trained exorcists in North America. He did some of the artwork in my office. And he was telling us some stories about things that were going on. I was talking to a member of this congregation. And uh, I was explaining how, you know, he would, in his a big training they were doing in Europe, they, they spent a lot of their training trying to decipher what's psychiatric problems and what's an actual demonic problem. And he said 99% of what he's called out to do is deal with his psychiatric so they were dealing, they were being trained by one of the top psychiatrists in the world. And this psychiatrist at a certain point said, after you've done all these tests and you're not sure, said you may just have to start the exorcism and if the person levitates, it's a demon. <laughs> and the member said to me, that stuff really happens? Oh yes. <laughs> it's rare. But it happens. And one of the things you discover if you talk to an exorcist long enough, and I was blessed to have a 48-hour training with him, was that an exorcist's job is not to cast out the demon. Now that may sound strange. See, that's Hollywood. Hollywood is cast out demons. If you don't go see the, the latest movie about Father M with the really famous exorcist, it's lousy. What an exorcist does is convince the possessed person to retract the permission they gave for the demon to be there. See, we can never be under the influence of the demonic without our own permission. So we are called by this parable to pay attention to where we're giving permission to Satan to operate in our lives. Where are we fudging it a little bit? Where are we going, hey, I, I, Jesus, you know, Jesus is here to forgive. I like to sin. He likes to forgive. This sounds like a match made in heaven. I'll just do a little. We have, um, right now, it's this, my wife should really be preaching this sermon because it's an agrarian parable that Jesus is using, and I am not a gardener. My wife calls me in to kill things in the garden, not to help them grow. But we have a blueberry bush in our backyard. And in preparation for this sermon, I was trying to get a picture all week long. Because the blueberries are not quite ripe. They're just beginning to turn purple. They're going from green to purple. And every time one gets just a little bit purple, we've got a cat bird. I can't, I couldn't even get a picture of him. He's there and he grabs it and he disappears. 
One little berry at a time. We don't eat any blueberries. <laughs> and this is the way Satan operates in our life. One little thing taken out at a time until we look around and go, wait a minute, I, I, thought, I, I thought I was going to have a feast. Every year I think to myself, I should build a, a net around that bush. And every year I don't. So every year we don't have blueberries. <laughs> Where do we need to put a cage in our lives to keep Satan away from the seed of the Word of God in our lives? And the second one, talking about these, this, this, where the seeds are in the shallow soil and have no depth. We receive the Word with joy, but we don't spend enough time focusing on it, enough time pondering, contemplating it. So that it, its roots go deep into our heart. I think this is the one that most besets us as modern people. Because we're all busy. Busy, 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 busy. I can draw up a thousand apps on my smartphone to tell me how to get things done more efficiently. You know what that translates to? Do more stuff. I'm so busy doing stuff. I'm not letting God's work do its will, God's word do its work on me. The time of Luther, contemplation was considered the highest form of prayer. We need to contemplate so we can see where in our lives we're squeezing out the word of God because we're busy with too many other things. We need time to contemplate exactly how to apply what we've learned from God's Word into our lives and start to make the changes in our habits that will let those roots grow deep. The third type of soil Jesus talks about is that, of course, where there's weeds. My wife hates weeds. Um, and I understand why. Because they're the only thing that grows without attention. <laughs> All the stuff we want to grow in the garden needs attention. The weeds manage on their own. <laughs> and they manage constantly. And even if they're not rising... Like I've, I've, I've thought about this parable a lot to me, so I keep watching for those things that reach up and choke you know, the actual fruit that's coming. But I realize what they often do is just leach the soil so that the thing that's supposed to grow doesn't grow well. out there chopping, I'm chopping down the other thorn bushes so that the wild raspberries can grow. Where in our lives are we letting our concerns, and Jesus explains this, it's our concerns with the stuff of this world. Where are we letting those things choke the work of the Word of God in us? We tell ourselves, when I have more money, I'll be less anxious. Psychiatrists tell us that that's an idiotic thing to believe. You know you'll do three times as much keep from being, having $20 stolen from you as you will to earn $20? When you have more stuff, you're more worried about it. Whether we have a very little or a tremendous amount, we need to learn to trust God with our day-to-day -day welfare so that we, we are good stewards of the little or the much we have, as opposed to being anxious about the little or the much we have. All these things can choke the work of the Word in our lives. And, and we are meant to let that work 
that, that work, work within us. Because at the end of the day, though God has saved us out of pure grace, and goodness, He's done for us what we could never possibly do for ourselves and our salvation. Our sanctification is something He enlists our help in. He enlists our participation so that we don't remain forever children having everything done for us, but we begin to experience the life of God working through us and in us and blessing those around us. We begin to develop the capacities of a child of God. A couple of uh, weeks ago, we were down at my father-in-law's place in South Jersey, and um, the house is surrounded with hydrangeas. And this year, they look like this. They've never been that blue before. Now, the thing about hydrangeas is that every hydrangea, all the hydrangeas have the same genetic disposition, but the soil they're planted in changes the color of the flowers. These are all equally hydrangeas. The same exact species growing in different soil. I think it's acidic soil that makes them turn that blue. So for some reason this year it was really acidic. Most years it looks a little more grayish like that one there those same bushes. And I thought to myself, what changed in the soil this year that these look so different and so vibrant and so amazing? And I began to think about this parable and thought to myself, what's changed in my life? Or what should I change? That when the Word of God comes to full flower in my life, it might be more vibrant and rich. You ever have the experience of reading the same thing you've read in the Bible 50 times and all of a sudden it hits you differently? The soil's been changed. Good gardeners spend a lot of time balancing the pH of their soil. We don't throw away eggshells in our house because my wife raises tomatoes. We want to pay equal attention to the pH balance in the soil of our hearts that the word of the Lord might send down deep roots, that it might not be snatched away from us by our misunderstandings, that it might not be choked out by the concerns of this world, that it might bear beautiful flower and fruit for Him. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Lord, we like the parables better where you tell us everything you've done for us and leave us with no responsibility. But you want us to grow up. You want us to grow strong. You want us to walk in your ways as well as learn them. And you are with us to help us do this. We thank you, Lord, that your word continues to rain down upon the soil of our hearts. And we pray, O oh Lord, that we would make the time Spend the attention to let it grow deep. That finally we would be transformed by it and so bless others in rich and wonderful ways. We ask this, Lord, in the precious name of our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Be thou my vision. 
Sleeping, thy presence, my life. 